the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. I am Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Happy to take your calls on anything that's on your mind. We've done some education. We've done some politics, do some other stuff. By the way, did you know this, young David? Did you know? Do you have a recycling bin? Do, you, do, do you I take, have a recycling bin? Yeah, one of those. I think they're blue bins or something. I don't even think the place that I live offers that. I don't. They don't have the, the recycling truck come around. Well, for those that do. I live in a condominium. Okay. Well, for those that do, here's a life hack. Okay. Do you know what a life hack is? Yeah, like a Seth suggestion. Yeah, you know? but not yet. <laughs> but I didn't invent the term. <laughs> We're going to make a commercial a, out of this. A way, a way to make life better. A tip. That's a tip. Don't put the recyclables in bags. They don't want them bagged. It's Did a, you get yelled at? All I'm going to say, say is the more people I tell that, the more they raise their eyebrows questioning me only to go online. You to were scolded find this morning. I'm right. <laughs> no, I, 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 let's go to John in Phoenix. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Hey, this isn't my question, but I just want to say I uh, find myself working in another state now, and I'm home for a short period of time. And boy, is it good to get back where the Seth Leibson shows on at three o'clock. Oh, you're so nice. Thank you, sir. That's very kind of you. Yeah, you think you can get a broadcast station out in Huntsville, Alabama? Well, I, we can do better than that. You can uh, you can listen to us online and, and uh, through our through our either our app on your phone. Or through your computer, you can live stream it, uh, and you can listen through our website at 960 The Patriot anytime you want, anytime. So, uh, whatever's convenient well, for you. That, I, I just gave you the perfect segue for a little mini spot on your show. Thank you. You certainly did. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, uh, the reason why I'm calling this Donald Trump civil trial that they just found him uh, responsible to pay 400 some odd million dollars. Yeah. Um, I missed, and I've done some research, I cannot find this. Where was the portion of the trial that they actually found him to be responsible for that? My understanding is the entire trial that he just went through was to determine how much he had to pay, and that the judge started with a presupposition that he was guilty from the get-go, was there a trial of some sort? Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at a uh, – what's interesting is it probably just came in at the wrong time of year, but I'm looking at, you know, at a busy time of year. Uh, but I am looking at a early December, in fact, December 6th dated article. Uh, the real estate company on which former President Donald Trump built his empire was convicted on all charges Tuesday – in a 13-year criminal tax fraud scheme. The 17 guilty counts delivered by a New York state jury 
uh, are the latest setback for Donald Trump. So uh, 17 counts were delivered by a New York state jury in early December. What we had seen over the last series of weeks leading up to that uh, egregious number that you were talking about, what was it, over 400 million, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that was the penalty phase. Okay. Yeah. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any idea? That was a New York jury. Yeah. Um, where he probably just almost as bad as a DC jury, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it uh, doesn't seem to be any coverage on that. I don't. I searched it and scoured the internet and could not find what you just. Cited. Well, uh, so I'm glad yeah, you, no, I, I take I the point. Yeah, most of this was about the penalty phase. I mean, look, uh, an indictment in New York against a Republican as an indictment uh, in Washington, D.C. against a Republican, as you put it, is the equivalent of a guilty finding by a jury. Um, you almost could do away with the middleman except for this little thing called due process, which they have turned into a little thing when it comes to prosecuting Republicans. i got to tell you what offends me more than anything, John, about the—not more than anything. That's overstating it. But what really does bother me lately— um, you look for commentary about this sort of thing and you see uh, judges who were appointed by Republicans, retired judges they are now, particularly federal judges like Michael Ludig and the rest, who had a lot of um, a lot of uh, credibility in the conservative legal community for many years. Um, they were they 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 now can't get to MSNBC and CNN fast enough to talk about how guilty Donald Trump is and how good these prosecutors were and how much justice was been done and how Donald Trump's appeals have no merit. And the reason it's so bothersome to me is that when these judges were on the federal bench and they were speculated about for possible nomination to the Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera, these very same places, CNN particularly and MSNBC particularly, those two particularly, you know, they would lambast um, judges like this uh, as out of touch, as throwbacks to an earlier time, as wanting to reverse the clock, turn back the clock on civil rights. Everything that is said about conservative jurists CNN and MSNBC said that about all these judges now in their retirement, they are happy to have on so long as it is critical and can be critical to today's Republican Party and Donald Trump. I just I just want people to know how they're being used, uh, for one thing. And the other thing I want them to know is that when people say such damning things about current Republicans and they get former office holders in the Republican Party to aid and abet in their criticisms, do just a little bit of playing on the Internet and see what those institutions said about them when they were in office. You know, when Mitt Romney, for example, was running for president, that would be a good one. Or John McCain, that would be a good one. Or George Bush, either of them, those would be good ones. When they were a threat to the Democrats because they were running for office, they said the exact same darn things about them that they are now saying about Donald Trump and Kerry Lake and all the rest. It's not that Donald Trump and the others amongst us now are any different than the ones before. It's just that there is now more media outlets for them to spray their condemnations. But they were the same condemnations used against the likes of Mitt Romney and John McCain. I'll give you three more examples real quick. 
Michael Cohn, Michael Steele are on MSNBC constantly talking trash about Trump. And I'll bet Nikki Haley will be there after Super Tuesday. You know, we'll see on the Haley thing. That's interesting. That's We'll watch for that. Uh, the only reason Michael Steele uh, is on has a gig on this uh, on the network. What is it? he's MSNBC, right? I think he is. The only reason he yep. has a gig there is because he is a Republican who is willing to criti- criticize Republicans. The guy says nothing smart. I mean, just step back for a moment, close your eyes, and listen to him, and tell me if he says anything smart. He never does. I wholeheartedly agree. Not to say, by the way, that I'm not open to, you know, smart people who disagree with our side or our party. I hear them out. It's just interesting to me that, you know, he is one of these ex or former Republicans that they love to slobber all over. By the way, when he was running for Senate in Maryland, everyone was in the Republican Party, you know, was going to help support Michael Steele running for Senate in Maryland because he was our one chance to defeat the Democrat there when he became the nominee. He certainly isn't returning the favor, and I get that. There's a lot of ingratitude in politics. You know that as well as I do. But what's interesting to me is, again, yes, what you said. When he was running, boy, the media sure went after him, hammer and tongue, the way they go after Donald Trump now. Yeah, and on another side note there, you, you kind of touched on it. Uh, a lot of conservatives refuse to watch MSNBC, CNN, uh, or get anything out of these liberal media outlets. I, on the other hand, I have a strange attraction to want to see what they're saying. It's kind of like eavesdropping. Um, and I find what they are saying quite interesting. Um, 90% of it is, is falsehoods, exaggerations, distortions, etc. They do mix a little bit of truth in to get a little bit of credibility. They can't lie about 100% of the things. But um, why is it that conservatives, Republicans and others, are just so uh, opposed to actually seeing what they're saying? About, oh, oh, that's such a rich it. that's such a rich mind to go into. Uh, but I have to take a commercial break. Are you willing to stay and we'll tease it out a little bit more on the other side of the break? I've reached my arrival, and I've got a... All right, I'll deal with it, though, and you can tune in later via our website or whatever, John. And if there's another way that uh, you prefer to listen, that's okay, too. You can listen to us on the app. You can listen to us on the air. You can listen to us through our website, 960thepatriot.com, either when the show is airing or any time you please. John, thank you for the call, and I'll address that when we come right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Anything on your mind, we're here for you. That song we just came in with, Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. You know what I learned recently? What'd you learn? You know, I was talking the other day about the three most beautiful love songs out there. One of them being You Say It Best When You Say Nothing At All, originally recorded by Keith Whitley. It was written by the same man who wrote The Gambler, Don Schlitz, or he was one of the writers of it. Isn't that fun? I did not know that. Yeah, no, I... Any any relations to the beverage company? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. No, sir. No. No. Interesting. Still alive. Oh, cool. Go get him. Get him on the show. Go get him? Yeah. Call him up? Yeah. Yeah. Find him. I'm sure he's... Why don't I get him to write you a song? You seem to do so well at singing. After all, I've captured several of your greatest moments here. Yeah, yeah we're not going to punish the audience with that. <laughs> and I'm going to hold an we'll ongoing... We'll write our theme music or something. Yeah, I'm going to hold an ongoing resentment against you for it. But, um, yeah, do uh, definitely do uh, 
do go ahead and reach out to them some way if you can find out through, you know, ASCAP or something or country, uh, Academy of uh, uh, Country Music. It'd be fun to talk to them. I would like, wouldn't you like to hear from someone who's had that? Is he local? No. Oh. Um, but, you know, it's all our territory, as Lincoln said. Yes. Okay. I like that. Okay. We'll be right back. <laughs> no, we're not going to break. We're going to Don in Scottsdale. Hi, Don. How are you? Yeah, hi, Seth. Fine. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you, sir. Uh, if you would allow me, I'd like to make uh, one brief comment now and one brief comment at the end of our major discussion about American music. Okay. And then get to my main uh, <laughs> okay. my main issue. First. All right. All right. My, my first comment is I am sick and tired of being called by my first name by everybody in the world. Okay. <clears throat> I'm an elderly person, retired surgeon, retired Air Force colonel, retired professor of surgery at a major medical school, and I go into Starbucks and the purple-haired barista girl with the nose ring in asks me what my name is, and I say doctor and give her my last name, and she says, oh, no, no, your first name. Give me your first name. Well, I'm not going to argue with her. I usually give my fake first name just for fun. Yeah. But I, I, I think this is just absolutely disaster. It shows a lack of courtesy, uh, manners, and respect in society. So that's my comment. That's my great. I have a solution for you. Okay. When you give them your first name, um, give them an awkward spelling of it and just make them, you know, regret it. Like, if your first name <laughs> happens, I, I know you as Don, and that's what you told my screener to call you, so I hope I'm not offending you right. by that. I'll call no, you whatever no, you want, but all. for our purposes, Don, so if your name indeed is Don, um, simply uh, tell them something like Don with a Q. Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, just see what happens. Just frustrate the situation a little bit. You know, Don okay. with an L, and, and, you know, <laughs> we were talking to Tom Horn earlier. People don't know how to spell anyways. <laughs> I don't know. If that'll work. Go ahead, yeah. sir. Well, uh, my name is really Don. And you and I, at least I gave you permission to call me by my first name. And Good. I believe you do because you, you know, allow that of all your listeners. So yes, I think sir. that's a different story. Yes, sir. Did you practice medicine here in the Arizona area? Uh, I did uh, for the last portion of my career, about the last third. Nice. Wonderful. Thank you. My daddy was a physician in town here. Ah. Great, great, great. Yeah, you bet. Well, let me get to the meat of what I want to talk to you about. Surely. I lay at night frightened that we are going to see a repeat of 2022 uh, in 2024. And the reason I say that is Joe Biden was president then and feeble. He's president now and he's feeble. The uh, border was a mess. It's still a mess, maybe a little messier. The economy was a mess, but maybe it's a little better now. So those things might, uh, uh, might balance out. My concern is that we are running on the wrong platform. We're running on a platform of stolen elections, Donald Trumpism, which, and I love Donald Trump. I think he was a great president, but there are many parts of him that people don't like. And I don't think we can attract uh, the independent voters who we need to uh, uh, for this election. In uh, 2022, we had a charismatic, good-looking, very uh, well-spoken uh, lady running for the Republicans. We had probably the dimmest light bulb in the uh, Democratic chandelier running on their party. And I honestly think they ran her because they said, we're going to lose this one. So we well throw somebody <laughs> in there. It's not of no value. But, but uh, you know, we lost that. 
And I guess uh, my last comment is I'd like to, to uh, about this matter, uh, quote one of the uh, famous American philosophers, Yogi Berra, who says, this is like deja vu all over again. I understand. I understand. Um, boy, there's a lot there I'd like to unpack. Uh, first of all, if you have access to the uh, Internet, you might want to just take a look at this piece I wrote uh, with some friends of mine uh, on um, common sense and supporting, you know, someone like Carrie Lake in this exact example, Carrie Lake who represents common sense and stands athwart uh, insanity, quite frankly. I mean, if you think about, and this is, I think, where there is an appeal to independence, sir. If you think about, you know, what a vote for a Democrat means today, or if you think about what staying home, allowing the Democratic Party to take back power means uh, today, it means you're supporting a party that... um, tolerates rioting and makes of a vice president someone who encouraged that rioting rioting and helped bail out the rioters. Um, It's a party that has no problem with Supreme Court justices who refuse to tell you what a woman is. Uh, It encourages children to physically change their biological sex and wants to conceal those efforts from their parents. Uh, It doesn't think 1776 was our founding. Um, It wants to use race to award uh, privileges and uh, positions and uh, admissions and promotions rather than brains and morality. It wants to legalize dangerous drugs. It wants to teach five-year-olds age-inappropriate lessons. It wants men to compete in women's sports and for men to be able to use women's bathrooms and showers and locker rooms at every age. It wants to finance and send billions and billions of dollars to the world's worst state sponsor of terrorism while making life harder on our one ally in the Middle East up and over and against that state sponsor of terrorism. And it's a party that wants to strip First and Second Amendment rights from law-abiding citizens while emptying the uh, cupboard of rights on behalf of violent criminals above and uh, above those of their victims. We can go on and on, and I do so with my friends in this op-ed if you want to take a look at it, but it seems to me that that's something that independents ought to be reminded of when they think that our party is the extreme one. Our party is the party that stands against that, and by any that is extreme. I don't understand how the Democratic Party has gotten away with all of this except for the ongoing, uh, shall we say, conveyor belt of churning out people that believe this stuff through our school systems, which is why I think it's so important people are involved, like Tom Horner, like Arizona Women of Action, in trying to take back our schools and education systems. But I think that we just need to point that stuff out to independents. Um, and even perhaps Democrats that think their party is the party of John F. Kennedy. It is not the party of John F. Kennedy. It is the party of Ilan Omar. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studios, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Don, are you still with me, sir? Uh, Yes, I am. I don't know if I fully answered all of your questions. You're well, welcome I think you did, to, Seth. You're, well, yeah, go I'd ahead. like to respond for a minute. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I think you preach uh, the message very clearly and very effectively. 
I listen to you almost every day, and I hear you preach that same message, and and I appreciate that. However, I think there are a large number of people who don't hear that message, who hear the message, we're going to free your student loans, we're going to give you child care money, we're going to keep those printing presses running, uh, printing money uh, 24 hours a day, and we're going to hand it all out to you. And those Republicans won't do that for you. And people hear this message. And it's very superficial, but they don't. And we were in the same situation, as I say, two years ago, Mm. and we lost disastrously. And Mm -hmm. I I fear that. I fear it, too. I fear it, too. We share that. Um, And I, I would turn the fear into concern. And I would take a page from the old 60s mantra, which is really an, an, an older mantra or lesson um, from the civil rights movement, uh, each one reach one, teach one. You know, if you have one friend who's open to listening to you, spend some time with them. I mean, this kind of relates a little bit to the earlier call I hadn't yet addressed that I promised to about listening to the other side, and I'll get to that in a minute. But really at this point, you know, it seems to me we should be in the conversion business, Don. And I think it's very difficult outside of, you know, having a radio show. I happen to know I have Democrat and liberal listeners. Some of them call in sometimes. Most of them don't. But I happen to know because I run into them on the streets or in, you know, at events and receptions and dinners and stuff. But I, 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 I'd like to think each and every one of us needs to be empowered to do this sort of thing. You know, Ronald Reagan said his favorite word was citizen. And the reason he thought it was his favorite or said it was his favorite word was because it, it, it obliged someone. It was almost a verb more than a noun. It obliged someone to be active. You know, being a citizen like being a Republican right now is not a spectator sport. It cannot be a spectator sport given all we're up against. I will give you one piece of repose here. And it's this. When you think about everything we're up against, cable news, um, you know, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, almost all major media, you know, the New York Times and network news and NBC, PBS, CBS, ABC, uh, the Washington Post, the Arizona Republic. When you think about Hollywood, when you think about the music industry, when you think about our education system and not just our colleges and universities, but our elementary and secondary schools as well. When you think about that entire, you used the word chandelier, that's a good word, but I'll go with edifice or structure or infrastructure of liberal left thinking. You think about all of that. It's incredible a single Republican ever gets elected to a dog catcher anywhere. You know, it's really incredible, which tells me that there is an appetite out there for a level of common sense when we can reach those people who are open to it. Well, I hope I hope you're right. Seth. I, I hope I so, hope too. That, I don't uh, know that I am. I hope that I am. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I have to live with uh Two Democratic senators who probably would be the worst senators uh, of those hundred, I would uh, be very unhappy. Okay. Well, you know. Can can I make my comment about music now? Yes, please. Please. Yeah, I I just want to say I think one of the most iconic lines, uh, lyrics in American music comes from Simon and Garfunkel. Yes, sir. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Nation turns its lonely eyes to you. What's that you say, Mrs. Robinson, Jolton Joe has left and gone away, and they threw oohs and ahs and all in. But I think that message is extremely important and extremely important today. 
tell me what that you know i i only have a few seconds left in the segment but what that uh, of that really pregnant heavily pregnant set of lyrics in that song what 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 about that set of lyrics moves you the most why joe dimaggio just the idea of what it conjures up that we could use some good old-fashioned sense or something like that yeah he he was the icon uh-huh. of Ameri- yeah. american male yeah. good looking guy yeah. great athlete married yeah. a beautiful woman yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. uh and that was gone they said yeah. you know we don't have any more joe dimaggio yeah. left it. we need him badly yeah. and that that I think the message is even stronger today. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I thank you for that. Um, and uh, there's some great lyrics in there, including Jesus loves you more than you should know. Paul Simon's a hell of a lyricist. Uh, people listening with people listening without hearing, right? The boxer. Bless you, Don. God bless you. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Tim Andrews was walking by and stepped in. Tim, nice to see you, as always. We're not wearing the same shirt today. Thank goodness we don't have that uh, <laughs> Not silliness. only did we wear, wear the same shirt yesterday, but we dined together. Yeah. And had a wonderful time in our green polo shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We certainly did. It was a pleasure doing that. Um, let's not talk much more about uh, <laughs> the evening. <laughs> but um, I want to do two things. One is I do want to respond to the penultimate caller uh, who asked about listening to the other side. And maybe we conservatives could do a better or should do a better job of listening to what the other side says. Um one of the interesting things I do is I, I don't know how it happened, whether it was through political donations in the past or whatever. Someone's obviously sold my information because I get a lot of incoming Democratic fundraising emails and emails from Democratic uh, politicians. And I do unavoidably and electably get, uh, get, get to see what they're thinking and what they say about us. And I do occasionally tune into MSNBC or CNN. I do occasionally turn into um, government-funded uh, radio and television to see what's going on over there. And I do think it's important that we do that. I think it's important to know what it is we are up against. And I think there's something else, too, a little bit more tricky. Um, But I loved it, and I wrote it down the moment I heard Dennis Prager say it today. Mr. Bill, did you hear Mr. Prager's show yet? Mr. Bill sometimes hears it on delay. Dennis Prager said this exactly. I wrote it down. He says, um, even when I debate publicly, I ask myself, he asks himself, if my opponent might have a point or might be right about what we're talking about or about something we're talking about. You become a better debater that way, for it means you're committed to the truth and not just winning. But if you are committed to the truth, you will win. I just loved that. I just loved that. And it is important that the first rule of politics we keep in mind is that other people do have other opinions and you're not going to you're not going to um, convince everyone. Thomas Jefferson in his first inaugural said we are all federalists, we are all republicans and not every difference of opinion is a difference of principle. He understood our founders understood this, of course, that not everyone was going to be of the same point of view. My gosh, the competition between Thomas Jefferson and John Adams um, for, for the election of 1800 
was probably the toughest presidential race since, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was probably the toughest presidential election until 2020. I mean, go back and read what they were saying about each other and what each side was saying about one another. The only thing that I would say that is um, worth pointing out about Thomas Jefferson's phraseology, every difference of opinion is not a difference of principle, is that in those days there were differences of opinion that weren't differences of principle, and I don't know that we operate that way today. I do not believe today's Democratic Party and what it stands for and the litany of things I've read off to you and the callers over the past hour, so I do not believe that those uh, are appreciative or um, supportive of the principles of a Republican form of government. I worry about that. I worry about the Democratic Party having been taken over by a socialist Marxist mindset. I worry about a party that is willing to coddle self-declared socialists and support them over and against so-called moderate Democrats who challenge them in the primaries. That should tell you everything you need to know about where today's modern Democratic Party is. I do believe today that Barry Goldwater, when he said in 1960 that the Democratic Party stood for a blueprint of socialism, that that was a blueprint in those days, and uh, we are actively and kinetically operating with a Democratic Party that has deployed socialism. Now, having said all that in response to a call from a few minutes ago, I want to turn back to Tim, because you, Tim, had an interesting um, conversation with a friend who can remain nameless or pseudonymous if you want. But tell the, tell, tell the audience what, what happened here, because I think it's a, it's a good way to think about things when we do engage this very debate that Don was raising. Well, it's, it's interesting for me because this person is very close to me. Uh, we've been buddies for about 25 years, and he's liberal, and he knows I'm conservative. And what's interesting about our relationship is even though we are far, far opposed of each other's views, we can debate them and we can talk about them. And he always tells me that. He goes, that's why I love talking to you, because he goes, I wish government worked in this way to where the two of us come to an understanding and there's compromise and we come up with something that's quite good. Uh, the other day he said to me, we really need to pay off student loans. We, the government needs to pay off all these kids' student loans. And I said to him, why do you feel that way? I said, I had over $46,000 worth of student loans that I worked very hard to pay them off. And I'm glad that I did it because it made me feel better about myself. It made me feel better about everything that I had done. And he said to me, but these, these kids need a leg up. They're buried with student loans. And I said, so what does that mean? And he goes, we should pay more taxes. Well, what was in interesting as we started talking, he goes, by the way, who does your taxes? And I told him, Bob Zanelli. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, why do you like him? And I said, because he does a very thorough job and he does a really good job for me. He goes, well, I just did my taxes and I've got a huge tax bill. Oh, really? Oh. And I said to him, I go, well, Jeff, I said, all you have to do is pay a little bit extra more and not worry about the fact that you're going to pay less in taxes and you can pay for all these programs that including college student loans exactly. of others. Exactly. So he, for himself, wants a good CPA to help him with his tax avoidance. 
but is fine with everyone else paying higher taxes to pay everyone else's bill. Correct. You made an interesting point about, you know, working your your hiney off to get it done, um, to pay off your debts. And it's a it's a hard thing to sell, but I'm always taken with the idea of that which we have uh, an ownership in. My old boss, Jack Kemp, liked to talk about, um, liked to illustrate it by saying, when's the last time you ever heard anyone taking their rental car to a car wash? You know, <laughs> when you own something, when you achieve something, there's an additional pride and care for it. And our country began that way. One of my favorite uh, writers is Thomas Paine, who in the crisis, opening lines of the crisis, Thomas Paine wrote that what we obtain too cheap we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Well, that's how Thomas Paine wrote it, and that's how our country began. And I think we we have obtained things too cheaply and esteemed them too lately, including, by the way, one another in our relationships. It's dearness that gives everything its value. Tim, thanks. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-24. They really invest uh, in you um, by giving you a ton of flexibility and control over your investment with them. There's no attack on principle if you ever need your money back, for example. And of course, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. And with Y-Refi, there are absolutely no fees in their investment they offer up in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Best of all, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Is that what you were talking to me? Did you want me to say something else? Oh, should I put in a word for our... Uh, we, we need to put in a word for fighting for freedom. You put it in. I'll put in the word for fighting and f- fighting for freedom because I'm fighting for freedom. Still not sure about Seth. But ladies and gentlemen, March 26, we have Seth Liebson, Mike Gallagher, and Officer Brandon Tatum at Arizona Christian University in Glendale, Arizona with special guest, the new chair of the Arizona GOP, Gina Swoboda, who will be joining us. And we're inviting you out to join us. Tickets are on sale online right now at 960thepatriot.com. But for those of you who like to roll the dice and are in a, wait a minute, is it ambulatory? Aleatory. Aleatory mood. For those of you in an aleatory mood, we are offering a ticket giveaway. You and a loved one or a friend, a pair of tickets are going out to those who email me at ddoll at salemphx.com. Dot com. That's my email here. And on Fridays, we'll announce a giveaway for those of you out there who send me an email and are of an aleatory spirit. I got a great email from Joe here in Phoenix, Simon and Garfunkel line. It cracked me up when, the first, when that person you had on the phone just now referenced the Simon and Garfunkel line about Joe DiMaggio. In the old TV show about a high school basketball, basketball coach called The White Shadow, He was made to be the baseball coach in an episode. I guess Joe DiMaggio was. During the tryout montage, one of the student players said very earnestly, I believe Simon and Garfunkel said it best when they said, Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? It made me laugh when your guest or caller said that because I remembered 
the old Kent Howard show. I have a feeling that young David remembers that show as well. All right. What are we going to do next? John Chaddick's coming in. All right. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 